I'm Christian Fritz, and I am joined with Kendra Morris, uh, who is going to be playing Monday with uh, Monophonics in GA20 at the Fine Line Music Cafe in Minneapolis. Kendra, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Excellent. I just learned that you toured early on with Dennis Coffey. How did that come about, and uh, have you collaborated with him? I did. I have not collaborated with him, although I would love to. But that came about when I first signed with Wax Poetics. I had put out um, the first thing I ever pressed to vinyl. They did like um, a series of 45s that came in their magazine that was a collaboration with Converse. And I did... um, uh, I did a 45. I was on one side. I did the song Seaside. And on the other side was a Johnny Mathis track. And they released it. And this guy who was Dennis Coffey's manager at the time was a really big Dennis Coffey. I mean, was was a really big Wax Poetics fan. And he heard that 45. And it was just like that kind of started it. That little 45. He called Wax Poetics and was... Um, kind of doing a record with Dennis coffee and a tour to support the record. And he needed um, a singer for their South by Southwest date and for a few other small dates throughout the country. Um, And so that's kind of how it started was, and man, touring with Dennis coffee, that was like, that led to working with DJ premier. It's just, you know, one of those things where, like I believe in always taking chances and saying yes to scary things because they just could be um, the branches in your life that take you certain ways. Excellent. Um, I first became aware of you when you did Banshee on uh, Wax Poetics. How did you um, uh, get connected with that label? Um, it's just me being always kind of eager and, I was, um, I, when I first signed with, uh, ASCAP, I had, um, a, a track that somehow got floated to CeeLo Green, um, for his record, the record that FU is on. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, the song did not get picked up, but through that, I wound up getting a publishing deal with these guys, Notable, who had Cy Coleman's catalog and they happened to be partnered with Wax Poetics. So when I signed the publishing deal, um, the uh, the guys at Wax were in the room, you know, because they were going to be part of that publishing deal. And then we had such a great, like it was this guy, it was Andre, Dennis, and Brian. The three, they were the three Wax Poetics, like, guys. And um, we had such a great conversation and just connected so well that that conversation became, um, that conversation became hey let's do a record together and me i was like yeah like i knew of wax poetics um jeremy page who i've like worked a long time with he had stacks of wax poetics in his studio and i would sit and stare at those beautiful magazines every day so when they said let's do a record i just jumped all over it and that's kind of how it happened just more of just like right place right time and constantly 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 been working at my craft and putting myself out there I still have all those magazines too. They're like encyclopedias. <laughs> they, yeah, they're the best. I have a big old stack of them in my little workspace. Well, you did a second record uh, called Mockingbird, and I, 
I personally love cover tunes, not not just people doing straight up covers, but kind of reinterpretations. And uh, I adored Mockingbird when it came out. Like uh, the the cover of Shine on You Crazy Diamond, the Pink Floyd tune, blew me away as, you know, Space Oddity, uh, Karma Police. Uh, did you pick the songs for that? Or um, you just, uh, you did such an amazing job of reinterpreting the Thanks. songs. I mean, that was me and Jeremy. I always was like doing, I, I used to go to this like, karaoke bar um, after my bartending shifts. And I always had so much fun. Like when you hear other people doing songs and you go, I forgot what a, if you notice when you do karaoke, people are always doing the best songs, even if they're obnoxious songs. Like people pick certain songs because they're great songs and they're great songs for a reason. And so I was always keeping a list in my head of like songs that I love. I mean, always being like oh that's a great song or you know like i love radiohead and yeah jeremy and i that was collectively we both were just keeping lists and we we always had fun flipping songs like that's what's really fun about yeah like you were saying not just covering something but putting like your interpretation and making it your own that's what's so fun about music like you, you don't what's fun in doing something that's already been done before like you can appreciate something and turn it into your own i mean my husband is a tattooer and he says the same thing about flash uh, flash tattoos in a way. You know, you you go and you find like a flash sheet of whether it's Sailor Jerry or, you know, um, uh, different tattooers. And it's the same thing. Tattooers take a flash sheet and then they make it their own. And, and we always talk. It's like the same as a musician doing a cover and making it, flipping it, make it your own, but still respect the beauty of the original art. Well, I love it when somebody can take a song that I personally thought I couldn't stand and made it make it into something I love. And it's funny that you're you know, talking about all this because I really do not like the Proclaimers 500 Mile song, but your version <laughs> on that record is mind-blowing. It made me realize that that is a great song. And uh, for our listeners, that is the, the my take on the Proclaimers is solely the take uh, uh, of Christian Fritz, not the station. So, uh, but I just, you know, I love that version you do of that song on that record. Um, Thank you so much. How did you? Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, nothing. I was just gonna say, yeah, that's one of my, that's one of my favorite ones on that record. And did that come about from the karaoke night? Kind of, and yeah, actually, the guy who sings on that track with me, he's uh, in a band called That Handsome Devil. He goes under the name God Forbid. And I think he had suggested that song, too. I think that one was kind of like me and him and Jeremy all kind of coming together. And I don't know if he had suggested it first, or I don't even remember, but we all were like, yeah, I think it, it yeah. Well, before we talk about your new record, I do also want to ask, how did you get to collaborate with Zarface? Um, that's through uh, Jeremy, who I've like, who did he produced Banshee, Mockingbird, and the most recent record, Nine Lives. Jeremy and I have worked together for, I mean, over over a decade now, and the guys in Zarface he knew from uh, Massachusetts, like back in the day, and he'd been kind of like working with them a little bit slowly. And as he worked more and more, they started kind of tapping into my, into the, you know, resources of like having a vocalist. Um, and I was able to, you know, they would slide, have me like 
seeing on samples and stuff. And then more and more, like during the pandemic, um, when there was nothing to do, they were working on the the newer Doom record. And I got to write the hook on that one for Zarwin's Theory. They just sent me some beats and I was just locked up in my apartment. So I had fun like being able to like write on some of it. And just uh, it was just through like, you know, sticking with it and, you know, musicians become your family and you continuously. And so now it's been, you know, like Lamour who does all the art, he's become a really good friend of mine. And I got to even be on one of the trading cards recently, which was like the coolest thing. It's like my little Instagram image now. Um, and yeah, it's just been through doing little bits and then building, um, building a relationship with them. Nice. Um, your new record, Nine Lives, you ended up uh, on the uh, Karma Chief Coal Mine record label. Um, how did that come about? Um, that's, again, me knocking <laughs> on all the doors. I, uh, I got a hold of Terry from Coal Mine's email, and I just cold emailed him one day. And was just I just I was a fan of his label and what he was doing. And this was like back, you know, a few years ago now. And I just messaged him and I was like, hey, my name's Kendra. I used to be on this label, Wax Poetics. That's no longer a label. I've just been kind of floating around. I have all this music. Would you ever be interested in like putting a song out or working together? And um I mean, miraculously, he got back to me right away. I guess he had known me from the wax poetics releases and that shine on you crazy diamond cover he said he'd been a fan of and so we kind of it was the same thing we got on the phone and we just hit it off right away terry cole is like one of the friendliest like most warm people you could meet and like just from us talking and then you know i'd sent him some songs and the song this life stood out to him so it was kind of like a in a lot of ways kind of like with wax we started with doing a 45 we did the this life 45 and midway through production of that it became well let's just do a whole let's do a whole record we like each other we admire each other what we do um and it just made sense and i had you know about half of nine lives already written and was just also in a really inspired moment around then so i just started uh basically finishing that record with jeremy just like in the studio like all right let's let's do this and that's kind of the rest is history and now it's like i love i love my my family at coal mine this tour even further makes me feel connected with the people on that label it's pretty great well everybody touring is uh connected to coal mine uh on this tour of monophonics ga20 um and you uh how how is the tour been what's it like touring with your label mates too much fun (laughs) (laughs) that's a good thing it's been so much fun like everybody you know like we all kind of sort of knew each other from music scene um but some of us hadn't met and just as soon as we all met in San Diego by the second night, it just, everybody's so nice and easygoing and silly. And like, we've just, it's like, I keep saying it's like summer camp and like use every like the monophonics are sharing their gear with all of us, which really made this tour 
pot like everybody gave something that made this tour possible and it it's just been awesome it's you know like it's making us all want to like do songs together or like different you know some of us want to invite the others of us up on stage like it's really a very natural cross-pollination and it's how touring should be like and it's the thing that really like has blown my mind and been so awesome about this tour and I'm going to knock on wood as I say this but like San Diego I had no clue that was our first show I didn't know what to expect because I'm on first every night at eight o'clock it goes my set and then GA20 set and then the monophonics and like you never know going on an eight like I was like is it going to be an empty room like even if it is that's okay I'm going to give it my best because maybe there's two people that have never heard me before and maybe they're gonna like it and want to like buy my records and listen and come to the next show and in San Diego I walked out and the room was packed like and this wasn't like a small room this was this place called the music box which I think is like a five or six seven hundred capacity and the place was completely like filled up and I just looked at my bandmates and was like where how did this happen and I was like, well, maybe it's just San Diego that this happened. But then L.A., same thing, walked out. The room was full. And that was an even bigger room. That was like a 900. Like, that was at the Fonda. Like, people everywhere. And I just remember being like, wow, it's 8 o'clock. We're the first ones in this place is packed. And I was like, these venues must be so stoked to have their bar. Like, people are buying drinks from doors open until door closed and that's how shows should be when you're building a bill out that's based on like music that's that makes sense together the bands all get along and you can also feel a sense of camaraderie on the stage and people are you know into all the it's just it's a great formula and i'm just like i like it i'm like this is i hope that like other people are taking note of something like this because it's it's pretty amazing and i know like back you know in the 50s in the 60s that's how that's how bills were they were reviews they were reviews from labels or you know and people knew even if they didn't know the artist they'd want to go like people trust coal mine karma chief because of like who they signed so a lot of people they hear you're on that label they want to go see who's the opener you know well you're going to be on the stage at eight o'clock monday at the fine line here in minneapolis I will be there right at 8 o'clock. And uh, if you uh, have a weird guy come up to you after the show and ask you to sign his <laughs> copy of Banshee, it's me. So uh, okay. thank you so much for your time today, Kendra. And I'm thank very you. much looking forward to the show. And again, to our listeners, uh, you'll be uh, playing Monday, uh, October 3rd with Monophonics and GA20 at, uh, at the Fine Line Music Cafe in Minneapolis. Yeah, thanks again. Excited to meet you. All right, excited to meet you too. Thanks, Kendra. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you. All right, thank you.